Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Elliot Shore Parks joining yes, us me. right now. Elliot, how you doing? Man, I forgot about this one. This one was about back in the day. This yeah, is the Backstreet Boys, right? Yeah, it's a good yes. one. I got it right. You okay. got it. You got it. It's a good one. I, mean, yeah, I, I knew you would. I believed in you, Hugh. Because when I think '90s boy bands, I think Hugh Douglas. I mean, he's he's got <laughs> yeah, that locked down. Hey, I, hey, I was on top of that thing. Yeah, you were. I will see if the Eagles run. Yeah, well, you really <laughs> has Elliot heard that one? Have you heard uh, uh, Hugh singing karaoke Taylor Swift? So I did hear it yesterday, and it was amazing. I'm not gonna lie; it was way better. It was way better. You know what's funny? Like Elliot, now I know you're a, you're a classic BSer now because that was horrible. I feel like it had almost like a. <laughs> Joe, you ain't got to laugh that hard, though, dog. You ain't got to laugh that hard. I feel like it has like a CeeLo vibe to it or something. Like oh, I like that comp. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. do. I hear that a little bit. <laughs> I was in ATL though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I, I kind of like it. Yeah, I, I, I would listen to that. Oh, oh my fun. gosh, it's I'm awful. Embarrassing myself everywhere I go. Hey, Hopefully the I Eagles do. don't do that today. Elliot, two thirty, the press conference. Sirianni and Howie this afternoon. We'll talk uh, the end of the season press conference. Elliot, what if I, if you could pick out one thing you want to hear today? I, heard, I saw yesterday you asked. People, uh, that same question. If you could pick out one question you want answered or one thing you want to hear from those guys today, what would it be? So I think the most important question, that if we could get the truth to it today, I think it would be why was Brian Johnson let go? Because Sirianni has said repeatedly, and I think rightfully so, that all the criticism of Brian Johnson should be levied towards him. Like, it's his offense. Uh, he's the head coach. He sets the scheme. Uh, he, you know, He's involved in the play calling, at least on the sideline for part of it. Uh, so I would love to know why, if all that is the case, Brian Johnson was let go. Uh, and, you know, I look, Jeffrey's not going to be there, so I don't think they can really give an answer, either Nick or Howie, as to why Nick was retained as head coach. But it is Nick's staff. Uh, and so I do think why Brian Johnson was let go is really kind of the top question. Elliot Shore Parks is sponsored by Bet Parks. Open the Bet Parks app. New users win your first $10 bet and get $125 in bonus bets. Must be 21 in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio, Maryland. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Elliot, Brian Johnson gone. Obviously, the defensive coordinators, or whatever they were, the two of them, gone. So now they have to remake this staff. Elliot, there's a lot of names out there, including Cliff Kingsbury. What was your first reaction when you saw that name that they interviewed yesterday? 
So I was not a big fan of Cliff Kingsbury as a, as a head coach. Uh, you know, it's funny. He was involved in a team that I believe got out to a 10-2 and two start and then collapsed at the end of the year uh, with the Cardinals. So, you know, maybe not the best kind of vibes to be bringing in after what just happened. But I, I think that, you know, with, with all the guys we'll talk about, like Ron Rivera on the defensive side of the ball, the Eagles just have to figure out how much of what they did schematically and how much of what they did as head coaches would relay to being coordinators because Cliff Kingsbury was not the, I mean, he was the head coach, but his sole job wasn't being the coordinator there. I do think some concerns I would have about Cliff Kingsbury is his offense in Arizona. A lot of like the things that people are critical about the Eagles for were similar in Arizona, like not a ton of motion, not a ton of complexity in terms of like designs of the plays. He kind of ran what he ran. He did up tempo. Uh, you know, he's known for the air raid offense, which has four plus receive four receivers on the field most of the time. So I, I do, I, it feels like a bit of an overlap to me, uh, between what they kind of do and what Cliff does, but maybe that's what the offense they feel Jalen is best suited for. And so if that's the case, uh, you know, it's certainly what he runs. Elliot, what's your perspective on the kind of coaches, coaches, but certainly offense they should go after? Because there's two schools of thoughts on this. One is you go after the kind of coach that maybe is a little bit further along in their career and maybe not as aspirational to become a head coach or the cycle just kind of passed them by and they're done, right? A Ron Rivera type. Yeah. And then there's the yeah. thought you just get the best person. But if you get the best person specifically on offense and it's a younger guy, you know, we it could be Steichen 2.0, and then a year from now we're doing this again. What do you think that should be part of their thinking? Like, hey, if we get this guy, he could be gone in a year. You know, it's interesting. In all my years covering the team, this is the most it's felt like the two sides of the ball are two completely different teams that need two completely different things. Like, I think the defensive side of the ball needs a guy like a Ron Rivera, someone that is going to be here for a few years, someone that has experience doing the job someone that can just run that side of the ball. Like, I think on the defense, it's so broken and needs such an overhaul that even someone that just can come in and, like, set up a good meeting schedule, know who should be talking to who, like, knows how to teach, like, that type of thing, I think is critically important. So on defense, I do believe you need that type of guy. On offense, I think the set of needs is different. I do believe that it's a, it's a much tougher tightrope to walk there on who you're hiring. Like, are they going to run Sirianni's offense? Are they going to call plays? Are they going to be allowed to run their own, their own offense? How does Jalen feel about the hire? Like, Jalen was, was close with Brian Johnson. Uh, he was an advocate for him getting the offensive coordinator job last year. Like, do you, do you take Jalen's opinion into consideration with this? With that, which I think does make sense as the franchise, head, uh, franchise quarterback. But at the same time, you just hired his guy, and they obviously feel it didn't work out if they're firing. So I think on the offensive side of the ball, there's so many dynamics that it's tough to find a candidate that I think checks them all. But on the defensive side, I do think someone like Ron Rivera makes a lot of sense. And when you talk about figuring the defense, ESP, is that is that through the draft or are you going to go out and get some more higher guns? How do you go about, if it was you, how would you go about fixing this defense? Well, I think it's going to take a bit of everything. Because if you look at the 11 starters, how many are definitely back? Like, Slay is probably back out of the four guys in the secondary. I'm not sure Reed is handed a job next year in training camp. Both the linebackers are probably going to be new. And then if you look at the defensive line, I mean, Jalen Carter will definitely be back. Jordan Davis, I would assume, is definitely going to be back, but probably not as a starter. Josh Sweat, likely back as well. Then Hassan Reddick, you know, who knows? He played a year uh, this past season on a contract he wasn't happy with. He's going into the final year of his deal. I mean, there's something to be done there. So you're looking at a team that could have, like, eight new starters out of the 11, and you can't do that all through the draft, especially for a team that – with Jalen and with Nick, 
should be going into next year thinking they want to compete for a Super Bowl. So I think you'll definitely see uh, some high picks be used in, in the draft on, you know, maybe the secondary, I think potentially a linebacker. But they have to address this defense through all levels of, you know, how they can do it. The draft, free agency, trade, like all those things need to be considered because they need a lot of help on defense. Elliot Shore Parks joining us here in his weekly spot. Coming up two third day right here in WIP, the Nick Sirianni and Howie Rose press conference. A lot of questions there. And I'm sure, Elliot, there will be questions about Jalen Hurts, his regression this year, yeah. a potential knee procedure if he needs one, how healthy was he towards the end of the season. But, Elliot, I don't know if this will be asked, but I need to ask you about it because I know you saw it. I saw you comment on it. And it at first it blew me away, and then, you know, you start thinking about how the Eagles do business, what happens here, and it's like, all right, let's why'd this come out? So Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk yesterday, put up a post and the headline was, contract makes it easy for Eagles to trade Jalen Hurts in theory. All right, so the whole idea is if, if everyone wasn't happy here, it, they could do this. Now, I don't think most of us think it's going to happen, but Elliot, this, this part is what caught my attention, not the idea this could happen, but this line from Florio, quote, whatever it was, is, could be enough in theory to make the team or the player interested in making a change. The or the player caught my attention Elliot, you've covered him for years now. I know he's tough to read, doesn't give much. They just got rid of Brian Johnson. He didn't look very happy this year. Do you think Jalen Hurts is happy right now? It's a great question. And, you know, I'm hesitant to answer it just because, to your point, like, Jalen is tough to read. Uh, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I have a relationship with Jalen where I, or I, I know exactly what he's thinking about this situation. But, but to the article, like, it is interesting that it was written. I don't believe they're going to trade Jalen Hurts. Like, I wasn't the one that wrote the article yesterday. None of us brought it up. But Mike Florio did write it. He's one of the bigger voices in football media. His website is one of the bigger bigger websites. So it's just interesting that it was, it was written. And in terms of the contract, the contract is very affordable for another team. Now, for the Eagles to trade him, I believe the cap hit, you know, it, it's unclear. I tried to do some, some digging on this. And I do believe, like, there is a world where the Eagles could trade him and the cap hit wouldn't be you know, astronomical. But all this being said, I do not believe Jalen Hurts is going to be traded this offseason. So, you know, whether he's happy, unhappy about what's happening with the coaching staff or maybe how things transpired this year, that's something they have to work out internally. I don't think the solution to the problem is going to be splitting ways. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's a, the idea that he may be unhappy, though, that just caught my attention. It's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. Elliot, Let's switch to the other sport that's going on right now, and that, of course, is the Sixers and basketball. So two big things to talk about. One, of course, is Joel Embiid, but we'll get to that in a second. First, though, your reaction to Doc Rivers taking the Milwaukee job, which could be setting up Sixers bucks in round two. Yeah, so Doc versus Joel Embiid in the second round feels like the ultimate, like, you know, competing meteors coming at each other where one has to lose, right? Like two coaches that uh, Doc Rivers, known for blowing leads, known for not winning big games in the playoffs. Joel Embiid had never been out of the second round. So if those two meet in the second round, like one of them has to advance. They can't just continually keep blowing games until either does. So that, that'll be crazy to see. Um, and for the Sixers, look, like they feel Nick Nurse is an upgrade over Doc Rivers. We're going to find out. I agree with them. I think you've seen this year he is an upgrade. I think in a seven-game series – he does give you strategical and, you know, he makes adjustments that, that Doc doesn't. But we're going to find out now that they're going up against each other because I do think they're evenly matched rosters. So it, it is going to be interesting. Have you thought about the Sixers' playoff path that could include Jimmy Butler in the first round, Doc in the second round, Horford in the conference finals, and then potentially James Harden in the Clippers in the finals? 
at this point, it feels like there isn't a team in the league that the Sixers don't have some type of <laughs> bad memory connected to. So you're right. That could be a great revenge tour for Embiid, and he certainly looks up to it. It looks like he's up to the task this year. But, yeah, I mean, the Clippers and uh, James Harden in the finals versus the Sixers would certainly be a, be, a, it'd be a movie, you know, I guess some would say with that L.A. team. <laughs> it would. Hey, Elliot, let's end with this. Try to put in, in perspective Embiid right now and what he's doing. I mean, I, I've, I've been frustrated with him in the past and criticized him for his playoff performances. But as a regular season player, I'm, we're watching one of the greatest scores in the history of basketball. I mean, it's, it's just – I'm blown away by how easily he scores an enormous amount of points, obviously, you know, 72 nights ago. Yeah, I mean, if you look at just the, the players in Philly sports that we viewed as just, like, incredibly dominant at their time, there's certainly, you know, a, a fair amount of them. Like, I was educated yesterday by Jack and Ike about Roy Holiday in 2010. Like, uh, Reggie White, and when you 21 sacks in 12 games. Like, we have seen greatness in Philadelphia sports for sure. I don't know if in, like, my lifetime or at least in the last – 20-plus years, I mean, outside of Roy, like, seeing a player play at this level, I mean, it's just insane to watch. Like, he scores those 70 points, and all but three of them come from either inside, uh, you know, on jumpers and free throws or that type of thing. Like, he's not scoring the way you see players traditionally score in today's NBA. So, uh, he's playing at unreal level. Obviously, you have to see it in the postseason. But what we've seen this year combined with last year when he won the MVP, like, it's one of the most – special stretches I've seen from a Philly athlete in a really long time. It's been incredible. On his way to a second MVP in a row if he can uh, play enough games. Elliot, we appreciate you hopping on. And, of course, uh, we'll be listening to the press conference today. You'll be there 2.30 uh, with Sirianni and Howie. Don't Thank be afraid you. to ask no tough questions either, Elliot. Don't be out there pussyfooting around. We trust uh, yeah, you. I'm it's sure Howard. Sure We're worried about Howard. Very, uh, yeah, I'm sure they're going to give a lot of very honest, revealing answers. So excited to hear everything. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Elliot, appreciate it. There he goes. Elliot Shore Parks there. All right, we mentioned it with Elliot. It is uh, becoming official as we speak here. Doc Rivers, according to Woj, is officially going to finalize a deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. So Doc was out of a job for what? About a couple months. Six months, five months, whatever it's been. Doc, yeah, it's Doc longer Rivers, than a couple. That sounds like a longer than a couple. I believe he's coached. In the NBA for at least parts of every season for like 23 straight years. He's always had a job. Oh, And that's why he wasn't tripping. Didn't they fire Van Gundy at the at the, at the the Worldwide Leader to, to hire Doc? I, well, they either bumped him or fired. I think they have bumped him around. Oh, no, yeah. you mean Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah, they fired Van Gundy. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Van Gundy got fired. Yeah, Doc was going to be on the finals. Yeah. Yeah. With, now uh, Doc got Green. a job. He's going to be on the finals. He probably be, got a job playing. He's going to be playing in the finals. That's you think, crazy. You think Doc's on the finals with the Bucs? They, well, they got a good team. But you know what's funny about the Bucks? They they fired Boonhoser. They hired this other coach. Adrian Griffin, yeah. And then they hired Doc. They got three coaches that they paying bread to. Like they they still haven't paid out Van Gundy. I mean not Van Gundy, but uh uh the first coach Boonhoser. Uh, Mike Mike Boonhoser's mm-hmm. contract. They ain't paid out his contract. They got they got money. Well, and here's what I'm they looking got forward bread. to. I am looking forward to the second round of the postseason because if you look at the standings right now, the two seed, the Milwaukee Bucks, the three seed the Philadelphia 76ers. We are barreling towards a first round. You can't wait for it. Content. Jimmy Butler in the first round with the Heat. If they get through him, there's Doc and Giannis in the second round. Let me ask you guys a question. Would you rather be up 3-1 or down 3-1 to Doc in the second round? <laughs> uh, up 3-1, up right? No, I'd rather be down. Why? Oh, because he... <laughs> Doc's going to blow like the lead. Tent. He fold like a tent. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly it. I, I'm i not surprised he's back in it this quickly. It, it is wild, though, that he is now in the Sixers' way to get to the finals. 
Because some would say he was in their way last year to get to the finals, and he was on our side. Especially with the way they're playing out, yeah, that one could definitely say that. How does this end? They beat Doc or they lose to Doc, Kyle? I mean, it's ending up with them playing Doc. Yeah. There's no question in my mind. <laughs> it's the, Are we it's, being positive? Well, I'm just being real. How do I frame it to you? This stoppable force meets movable very movable object. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, if like if we do fold to Doc Rivers, like we lose to him in the playoffs, like we might have to disband the franchise. You can't come back from that. That is extreme. That is very extreme. So the way I look at the standings is this is happening. Oh, I don't yeah. think either Milwaukee or the Sixers can catch the Celtics for the one seed. The Celtics are going to be the one seed. And the four seed right now is two and a half behind the Sixers. That's Cleveland. I don't think they're getting to a top three seed. We're getting Doc against the Sixers in round two, assuming they both win their first round series. Which Whether you like it or not. Yeah, that could happen. But if they both win their first round series, we're, get, we're going up against Doc, everybody. Get ready. I can see that. I can see that. It's going to be the, the storylines there and the questions that are going to be asked about Joel Embiid and what do you see from him knowing that you – you know, coast him last year, how you're going to attack him and things of that nature. Yeah. Do you but, feel confident going? I mean, we'd have the better coach. Nick Nurse is a better coach than Doc. He is. And it seems like Joel Embiid's on a better better uh, arc this year than he was on last year. Yeah, he was on a good one last year. He did win the MVP last year. Well, yeah, I mean, he won MVP, but, but, but you know, down the stretch, he was a little banged up. He's a little, you know, a little well, complaining about being hurt. Or yeah, let's not count our chickens that he won't be banged up before yeah, the end of this year. True. But he looks, he looks like he's in better shape. The one thing that I've, I've seen from him and heard people talk about him is saying that he looks like he's in better shape this year. So what do you mean the Doc with the Sixers revenge tour here? It's Jimmy Butler in the first round. Then Jimmy it's still Doc. got that perm. See, I've been seeing this. I haven't seen the Heat play in a while. Oh, they're the Heat. He still got the perm. He still got his hair. I all haven't flat. seen his hair. Oh, the, the emo perm. He got his hair. He's got his hair flat iron. I haven't paid attention to the hair lately. <laughs> the emo look was yeah, that was something. There was wild. So we get Jimmy in the first round. That would be the matchup right now. Then Doc. Then Al Horford in the conference finals, and then we end with uh, James Harden in the finals. Hey, come on, man. I'm just uh, there's the Can whole, this city handle that the whole revenge tour for yep. everybody. That that would be ironic. The Clips. The Clips. The Clippers. They're playing great oh, out there. All right, we'll say 215-592-9494. Doc back in it. Reese officially. Leaves. So Reese and Doc are both going to Milwaukee. Think I, they'll hang out? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> what would what would they do together? Golf? Uh, yeah. That, that's, yeah. Golf for sure. Drink. Yep. Maybe. Drink. Um, I need a I, okay, milk cow. I, I need a phone with a picture of that. Can we have Doc milk cows? Milk cow. Did you see Barkley was on TV one weekend, like a couple weeks ago, milking a cow? Yeah, but Barkley. Yeah, Charles different. is weird. Yeah, yeah, like, Charles is different. You think Doc Rivers is going to milk a cow? <laughs> he's milked five franchises out of millions of dollars. Hey, he's won. That's sure what he I call well, a win. He, he won once. Well, I'm saying, when I say win, I mean like his, his bank account. I get it. Yeah, because I like, say steal money. I'm pretty you say sure. Win. I'm pretty sure that that ESPN has a contract with him, and and you know he he probably had an out in his contract if he won he got a coaching job. I'm sure he did. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Don't the docs. I'm not worried about Doc's bank account. It's you said winning. He hasn't won anything since 2-1-5-5-9-2-94-94. Your reaction, Doc, to this uh, to the Bucks. Reese Hoskins leaves. I think it's gonna end up being a mistake. I think the Phillies are still a bat short, and they could have made this work for one more year. And of course, Howie Roseman, have you started to lose some confidence? Are you wavering in your Howie confidence? Bill is in Cinnamon. What's up, Bill? Hey, how you doing, gentlemen? Good, Bill. What's uh, up, just, buddy? Just good. Just two things. I mean, personally. I mean, how he is what how he is. You know, he has his streaks. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, so, I mean, it, we're, we're stuck with him. You know what I mean? He's not going anywhere. Well, I agree but, with that. I mean, how he's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's, he's going to be here. It's a matter of if we you know, have faith that he's going to fix this thing. You know, I mean, well, like I said, that's what we can only hope because he's not going anywhere. 
But as far as Jalen, I, I get so tired of the coddling of him. You know, when you was a kid, you went to the circus and there was a pony. And the pony did one trick. That's Jalen Hurts. So what's the one trick? I mean, Running? Yeah, I mean, that's so what you're, I'm saying. Like, you don't just had, discredit yeah. all them, th- them, 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 what is it, 32 touchdowns he threw this year? Oh, he didn't throw 32. No, he threw 20-something. Uh, I like my numbers. It was closer to like 25. Yeah, 30, I, like, 30, oh, oh. I, I believe it was 38 <laughs> total touchdowns. I also only, like Hughes' numbers better. I like yeah. my numbers. That's what I like. I like you know what? I, I think it's a new thing we should do on the show. We'll just make stats. <laughs> all alternative facts. Yeah, well, we alternative got, we math. Got, we got players doing math. whatever they want to say and, and changing stories as they see fit. So yeah, he not? threw 23 touchdowns. Same thing. See, I was 32, 23, yeah. So, Bill, you you think he's a he, without his legs, he's in, he's a big trouble. I, I I just personally think that. I mean, you know, I watched him at Alabama. I watched him when he went to Oklahoma. You know what I'm saying? I mean, um, you know, everybody touts Nick Saban as as the guru. Nick Saban didn't have him problem leaving. You know what I mean? Like he lost his starting job there. I just think he was overpaid too soon. That's just my opinion. So, Bill, he may have been overpaid, but he, so here's my pushback on the too soon. They didn't really have a choice. It's it's kind of the timing of it. He had his big year heading into his you know heading into his fourth season. So if yeah, they didn't and it, pay him, his contract year, right? If they didn't pay him, they'd have to franchise him right now, or he'd be a free agent. So I, I get it, I, and I do think he he may be overpaid. For, certainly, he was overpaid for the player he was this year. But what were they going to do? Not pay him last year? Oh no! I mean, you have to do what you have to to secure <laughs> what you think is going to be your. Right. I'm not. I'm not saying that, but I. I you know. I. I just, in my opinion, he's just like he has to find two more things now. Whether it's a, 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 a different offensive coordinator, but he only shows me one one asset of of of, of being an, an the ultimate quarterback. Like so yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll meet you in the middle with this, Bill. And Bill, we appreciate the phone call. I do think there's a major question of if he can win without his legs. Because this year he didn't really have his legs. He didn't. And he, and he had some success but that, doing it that way. When I say win, I mean a Super Bowl. Not, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, you, I know what you're saying. Plenty I, of quarterbacks get I, to I 11 feel, I feel strongly in my stance when I say that I feel like his skill set is such that he can win without playing with his legs. Because he won some games this year without doing that. And, and I, I just think it's kind of funny when, when, you know, like you can have an opinion, whatever, whatever opinion you want about Jalen. But when you talk about one trick pony, I mean that that seriously, you, you I could even tell in the way that he was trying to present it that he didn't even feel like that dog hunted. That 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 dog does not hunt. Now, does he need to be better as a pocket passer? Of course he does. Because we were talking about it this morning, and how you know there were some some examples of him belling out of the pocket a little bit prematurely. He needs to work on that. There's there is no doubt that there are assets, assets, facets of Jalen's game that he needs to work on. No question about that. But to sit there and say that he's not a good quarterback, I think that's ridiculous to say. I I really, really do. He needs to improve. No question about that. But to say he's not a good quarterback, I I think that's kind of ridiculous. So my instinct right now is I don't think he can win without his legs. Like a Super Bowl, right? Like the whole thing. Like be be a top of the league. I I think he needs his legs. So he's going to have to get healthy next year and have those legs back. Because without them, I don't think he's he's great enough to win without his legs. Like you take away Mahomes' legs, I think well he he can win. Well, he can win without his legs. He can win with it. Yeah, I mean, I I just and then obviously there are quarterbacks who don't really use their legs much, and and some of those guys can can win the way they win. I think he needs them back, and so I don't think he's a one trick pony. I just don't think he's great enough just as a thrower to win that way. Some guys are, some guys aren't. And, you know, Donovan had some of this. 
Donovan moved a lot more when he was young, and then as he got older, he, for whatever reason, right? Some of it, I think, his body. Some of it, he chose not to run as much. He didn't. He didn't run as much as he got older, and he didn't have as much success. I mean, that's that's the truth. Russell that's Wilson. I feel similar. like I feel like as a quarterback, that's where you have to evolve, and you have to be different. You, you like I feel like the same way about uh, your 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 ability to run, like I do about a defense. It's not. It's not. It's a luxury, not a necessity. Like it's something that you do because we saw that with Patrick Mahomes, his legs hurt us at the worst time that they could possibly hurt mm. us. I think that if you're a guy that relies more on the run, on your running ability as opposed to your ability to beat people from the pocket, that's where you get kind of messed up at. Because to me, quarterbacks, the ones that win games, win Super Bowls, like when you look at that, like yes, the running aspect is a part of it, but they beat you from the pocket. Yeah, look, I feel the same way about Lamar. I don't, I, I don't think Lamar can win without his legs, but his legs are healthy right now, right? He's, oh yeah, he, he's healthy. Yeah, he on, yeah, he in a good spot. Yeah, and he's a th- like, the thing about Lamar because of he's so dynamic so, in he, his throwing. It's amazing how you dynamic he is. Have to respect that. Like every, every time that you sit back there and you're pass rushing, if he's back there patting the ball, you're afraid. You're like, man, I hope this this guy doesn't take off. <laughs> like, I hope. He I mean, he's really off. evolutionary, Vic. Like, he's Vic, but he, <laughs> yeah, like, but Vic couldn't but accomplish. Sit, he's doing it. You're sitting there, like he's sitting there, Pat. You're like, man, please, sweet baby Jesus, don't <laughs> let this guy take off. Because if he do, it's a wrap. Yeah, last week that that Houston defense was a bad a bad way against him. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We'll keep your phone calls rolling here on Howie. Are you starting to waver your confidence in Howie Roseman? And what do you want answered at today's two thirty presser carried right here? On WIP, we'll throw you a midweek, mid-show, non-sports take. Plus, a discussion next about the offensive coordinator that really hasn't been discussed but needs to be. All coming up, Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. ESPN Bet is now live in Pennsylvania as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. Oh, what a play. Must be 21-plus to gamble. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co-worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Feeling very certain about this. Sirianni was also stretched. You know, in doing this and researching this, Sirianni not only had his responsibilities as head coach of this team, from what I was told, now Sirianni won't go public with this. I'm sure the Eagles won't, won't, won't go public with this or even admit this. But Sirianni did a lot of coaching of the coaches. So he's not only dealing with his responsibilities. He was trying to help out. I mean, the classic case was this, this past you know, training camp where the side didn't have the right personnel on the field for, for a defensive play. <sighs> Sirianni had to come, kind of come all the way over and correct it. Coaching of the coaches. More on the plate of Sirianni as we're finding out from this past year. Joe Sanlaquita a couple nights ago here on WIP. Welcome back. Ooh. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, 215-592-949 for 2.30 today, the press conference. We'll, we'll discuss what we want to hear said in this press for coming up in a little bit. Of course, Reese Hoskins to the Brewers, Doc Rivers to the Bucks. A lot going on here. And do we still trust Howie as much? Are you starting to waver in your confidence in Howie? But that was interesting, Hugh, listening to that take on Sirianni and, and kind of what he needs. So, we haven't had this discussion. I think it's really interesting. Hugh, we know they're in the market for a new offensive coordinator. Right? Brian Johnson's out of here. New guy's coming in. Hugh, when you think about this coordinator, do you think they need a coach that hits his offense? He takes charge. He calls the plays. It's his offense. Or is this new guy to come in here to help Nick with his offense? I, I look at it like this, Joe. Uh, I think that you can run Coach Sirianni's offense because I think that you want to try to keep as much continuity as you possibly can. You don't want to change too much terminology. But it has to ultimately be my philosophy and what I feel that there needs to be more of an emphasis on. Like I said, I feel like if you incorporate more of the running game into this offense, if you incorporate some motion into this offense, a lot of these things that you you do are fixable within the realm or the scheme of what Coach Sirianni wants to run. Like there are every every offense that is in the NFL, I'm pretty sure that they have blitz beaters in them. You know, you you have certain things or certain nuances that you can put in that are capable of beating, beating the blitz. That's that those are hot reads, and the receivers have to be on the same page. If the receivers see certain looks, if they see press coverage or something like that, then they know they're man to man, and they know that the blitz coming. Then they have to turn around and get ready for the ball to come quick. They have to re- readjust their routes and things like that. That That's on the quarterback. That's on the offensive coordinator. And you have to be able to, to do that. A lot of times, routes get adjusted on the fly. And you and the quarterback have to be on the same page so you would know exactly where the receiver is going so you could just throw the ball to a spot and, and, and the receiver is there to catch it. So I think that you could still run Coach Sirianni's offense, but you can have some, some built-in stuff that takes a lot of the pressure off of the quarterback. So I'm at the point where I want someone else to run the offense. I, I want Sirianni 
out of out of the out of the room. I mean, like it, we we know now, and we've seen it that you can have CEO coaches that succeed. John Harbaugh is doing it. Do we think John Harbaugh is going in as Todd Monkett's putting together the offense and putting his hands in there? No, I'm sure he's saying, hey, this is maybe a week we need to run it more. We need to throw it more. This is the philosophy. And then Todd Monken does his thing for Lamar Jackson. Do we think Dan Campbell is is turning the stew as, as Ben Johnson's creating plays? I don't think he is. I think he's setting the culture. If Sirianni's going to stay here and be culture guy, then be culture guy. And I'll let someone else run the offense. Uh, here's an example, Hugh, I, I could give you. When I, you know, before I started doing this show with you, right, I was on at night. Mm-hmm. But often... When someone was out, I would fill in during the day. Okay, I would fill in for DeCamera on the, on the old midday show. Yeah. I would fill in for Marks very often on the, the old afternoon show. When I did that, I did their show. But it always kind of felt weird because I didn't do things like I used to do it by myself at night because they had a system, right? They had a formula and it worked. Mm-hmm. So I kind of sat in the seat and, and did the, kind of played the role and did the, the the role that that host did, I filled in in that role. But it, it didn't feel like my show. It didn't feel like what I would typically do. And that's okay, because I was asked to fill in. And I, I did it to the best I could those days. But if we're bringing Cliff Kingsbury in here, or Arthur Smith, a guy you know well, or whoever, let them run their offense. I, I don't think Sirianni's offense is any good anyway. Yeah, but I think the thing that you want to try to keep the continuity is with the terminology. Because now we're talking about coming in and learning a whole new system and and certain things that people say that they might mean something else in somebody else's offense. So I think that's where you want to try to keep the continuity. I just feel it's awkward for Cliff Kingsbury to come in here and just call Nick's plays and, and kind of alter Nick's plays. See, I, I would say the playbook, say if they have a similar philosophy and the terminology is similar, doesn't necessarily have to be Coach Sirianni's playbook, and that's me speculating. Never played, never played offense, never yeah. played offense, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm speculating. That's what it is because I'm pretty sure. Like I, I'm confident in thinking that, say for instance, if a Ron Rivera comes in here or, uh, uh, Al, not Al Harris, but uh, oh, I can't think of his name, the defensive coordinator in in uh Mike Caldwell. Excuse mm-hmm. me, had a brain fart for a minute. If Mike Caldwell or or Ron Rivera comes in here. They're gonna probably call a defense that I'm sim- I'm familiar with because it's probably a, a some tweaking of Jim Johnson's defense. The same thing with Coach uh, Spagnuolo, Steve Spagnuolo. It's probably something that, they're from that tree. Yeah, so it's gonna be something that's familiar. I think that's the thing that you want to kind of keep. Now defensively, I think that with the way that if you get this defense to play with the mentality that you want them to play with, it'll probably be simple but it'll be better because it'll be more aggressive. See, I think if we do that, we're pigeonholing ourselves. Like, we're looking for people who have, like, oh, they're, they're kind of like what we did anyway, so it's just easy. Then I don't think we're getting the best people in here. We're getting, see, I, we're getting like, yes men. See, I don't look at it like that. I look at it as, I, I look at the biggest problem for offense is terminology and understanding the concepts. I think if you have the same basic concepts, you could run uh, the, the same offense but have different emphasis on different things, like the run game. Sure. Like I, I feel that's how I feel cool. when when I when I hear you when when I hear uh people talk about offense, you could have the same concepts, but you maybe you put more emphasis on maybe you have a bigger running back. Maybe you run more a fullback set, more sets with right. a fullback or things of that nature. I just want to get the best offensive coordinator in here to fix Hurts and to get this offense rolling again. And if that means that guy runs his offense instead of I just like what is the Sirianni offense? What are we trying to get someone to do for him that he can't do himself? Kyle, where do you where do you Dude, come down yeah. on this? 
Because I, I really think that they need to bring in like I'm 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 good with Sirianni just being CEO, leader dude, rah rah, clap and yell and other fans and let someone else run an offense around here. I'm with you for pretty much one simple reason. Yeah, leader dude. Well, Nick Sirianni's yeah. offense stinks. Whatever he is. <laughs> leader dude though, man. Well, <laughs> I'm trying to find one thing he can do well. Motivators, motivator, young man. Then keep your butt out of the offensive planning room. Go uh, motivate. Hugh, I'll put it to you this way. The quarterback doesn't like Sirianni's offense. Get a new offense in the quarter, here. The quarterback didn't like it so much, he even threw his best friend under the bus. Good. That's crazy. I tell you all you need to know about Sirianni's offense. It's it, it's crap. I mean, it doesn't work anymore. So I would much prefer to get a guy in here who knows what the hell he's doing, actually owns his offense. And I'm past the point of like, because we're not going to find out anything new next year when the offense comes in and looks better when it's taken over from Nick Sirianni. Like, we already know Nick Sirianni doesn't really do anything. So I'm ready to just start this, start this train. Like, if it's the next step towards Sirianni being out of here and we actually have somebody worth a damn that knows what they're doing on offense, then, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. So like, I, I also go back to 2019, 2020. They started to do this to Doug. Hugh, they brought in a lot of different people. Rick Scangarello was what? Rich Scangarello? I think it was Rich Scangarello. Yeah, Rich Scangarello. Yeah. Rich Scangarello. What a name he had. Uh, he had worked with Shanahan before, right? They wanted to incorporate parts of Shanahan's offense in here. They brought in Marty Morningwake. And you know what the 2020 offense looked like with all these cooks in the kitchen? Really it looked like, like crap. Poop. They couldn't move the ball. I mean, it was terrible. And I think it was because they had too many ideas. So like, let's say it's Kingsbury. We know they interviewed him. His offense is different than Nick Sirianni's. It is. So I, I just feel like you'd be trying to marry all these things. And then what's the messaging? I, I, I don't get it. I, it, it. It pretty much comes down to like a one simple thing is that Jalen Hurts doesn't like it. Why would we run an offense that the quarterback doesn't like? Yeah, that, that's the thing that gets me. But again, there could be certain concepts because it feels like they want to rely heavily on the vertical passing game. You could have pieces of the vertical passing game in there. But it all depends on how you fit. To me, I look at offense like a puzzle. And and certain pieces have to fit together first before you can start to put other pieces. Like, like when I do a puzzle, I do the edges mm. first. I do too, yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's kind of the smart way to do it, I would assume, instead of trying to start in the middle. When you think, when I think of this offense and them throwing the damn ball down the field and they haven't set anything up, that's the equivalent to me of starting in the middle. <laughs> We're doing puzzles from the middle. You know here. what I mean? You're doing puzzles. Like, you got to start from the edges first. You got you to gotta build some type of foundation. And to me, the running game, even if you don't run the ball, do the screen game, something to get the quarterback comfortable. There has never been a time this year where I've seen plays ran in the passing game where you want to give – the quarterback comfortable throws where he feels good throwing the deep ball. Hmm. You, you, you see I'm going yeah. with this? Like, like rhythm, say, for Brock, Brock Purdy, you gave him a couple screen plays. Boom, 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 boom. Gave him a couple dump-offs out of the backfield. And then you launch it. We go run, play, run, play, then go, hey, damn the torpedoes, throw it down the field. Quarterback, first play out the gate, he throwing a deep ball. That, to me, makes no sense. You have very little rhythm that way. Yeah, none. I wouldn't even let Sirianni in the meeting on offense every week. Is he part of the meeting to hire the coordinator? Uh, well, I, I think you'd have to let him in the room. <laughs> I Nick, mean, if we're being honest, it's probably not. Again, Bob? Yeah, Nick. Just come Frank? Out. Frank All right, we'll find out at 2.30. Some of the answers to this. 215-592-9494. Ed is up next on WIP. Hey, Ed. Ed going once. Ed going twice. Ed. Yeah, it's all right. Charles is up next. What's up, Charles? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Charles. What's up? 
<clears throat> yeah, I was just <laughs> sitting there listening to it. You know, Hugh's point of um, it reminded me of when LaShawn McCoy, we had D. Jackson and LaShawn McCoy here. And um, you couldn't, if you ran the ball with Shady, you had to bring them linebackers up. Once those linebackers came up, then you hit them with the tight end. As soon as you hit them with the tight end, safety had to do something. Then you hit them down, fail with D with Jack. And this, the way that they plan their offense is just so off. It's, it's not worth it. It's like throw, throw the whole offense out with these bubble screens and Hello? Yeah, Charles, I'm with no, you. We, we, yeah, I'm you, with you want to fail off? What you want to change this whole offense? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's not It's not good enough, yeah. It, no, it's, it's just not good enough. But then I started going – no, I wanted to make a point about yeah, Hugh's team. point about the defense. Um, Hugh, first of all, Hugh, what do you think Jim Johnson would have done with this defense? Well – like I like to be honest, if you're at, like I don't think the corners would be on the field. I think Jim would have probably went with those young corners, and I know that that you know you have experience with those guys, but they didn't want to tackle anybody, man. Like no, like like for did. me, for me, neither one. Like I understand, you know, we want to go with the veteran guys and all this other stuff, man. I'd play those young guys. Those young guys to me in those short games they play in 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 mm-hmm. uh, Coach Patricia's defense, they showed a lot of heart to me. They showed a lot of heart. They weren't afraid to stick yeah. their nose in the run game. Yeah. I would have played those two guys if it was me running the defense. Yeah, I was telling a couple of buddies of mine, I said, Slade doesn't want – He don't want no parts of that, man. He don't want no parts of that. No, and that's, that's the part that he got butthurt about because uh, Seth called him out on. He didn't want to tackle. I mean, I, and if I can see it as a novice, come on, man. I'm sure everybody else in the NFL knows. Yeah, run that Slade. He ain't going to tackle you. You know, but nobody wants to call him out on that. Yeah, the whole no, Ed Charles, you're, the whole league knows it by at this point in his career. Yeah, I mean, it, and and you know the stuff that bothers me with him too is you know he, he he like he likes to point out that he plays well if even if the team doesn't, and that that to me is not a leader right there. No, no it's not a leader. And take that seat right on off his chest because you're gonna point out all your accolades and everything that you know, Hall of Famer and all this stuff. No, Eric Eric Allen, that's a Hall of Famer. You know, put him in there right now. He should have been in there already. Charles, I agree. I I hope he does get in. The only time Darius is going to the Hall of Fame is when he buys a ticket. I mean, that's the only way he's getting in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but I didn't – I I was half in, half out on Coach Sirianni being back here um, because I really don't understand what it is that he does well. Uh, Even when when you're talking about his motivation, well, the, the team looked so lackluster in the last six weeks even in the playoffs, how do you come out and play like that in the playoffs? I don't get it. Charles, uh, I don't either. I mean, they, they've rolled over. I mean, Charles, man, we appreciate the phone call. That, that's why I'd love to have been a fly on the wall to figure out what he did say to, to Lurie to keep his job. Dolores has got a take on Reese Hoskins' departure. What's up, Dolores? Dolores. Yeah, hi. Enjoying the conversation. Uh, I think I thought that their decision on Hoskins was really just the best baseball move they could make, even though it's sad to see him go. I thought – it was the only baseball move to make. So Bryce was more than adequate at first base. Um, and, um, and then Rojas, you know, I think, I think we can underestimate the value of an elite outfielder because there's a, there's a metric defensive run saved. Mm-hmm. And the very best um, fielders over the course of a whole year have 15 to 20 runs saved. Rojas had, had 15 runs saved in 60 games. 
So, Dolores, I, I understand your point, and I do agree he's a special defensive player. He, he could be a gold glover. But at the same time, you have to hit enough to play. Like, no matter how good you are defensively, and I'm skeptical he's ready to hit enough. I mean, we saw in the postseason, he just was overwhelmed. And I, I, I think I understand your point, and I think the Phillies saw it the way you did. It just made baseball sense. I just feel like they might be one bat short and I'm worried that the kid isn't ready to hit yet. And then it kind of, you know, how much can you play him, even if he's that great defensively, if he can't hit? No, but it was interesting. He nearly hit 300 during the regular season. Mm-hmm. And then during the playoffs, they kept feeding him high fastballs, and he couldn't lay off. Yeah, he was exposed so a little I, bit. But, yeah, right, that was a small sample. Perhaps he's not that bad. He probably isn't. Very small sample, you know, under pressure. So, I no, I, I, think, I think it was clear they had to do that. And... And, you know, and the, and Rojas's bat didn't lose to Arizona. Castellanos's bat did, and even Turner's bat did. I mean, their their best hitters just failed during Arizona, so Rojas can't be blamed for that, I don't think. He's not, you're right, he was hitting ninth, yeah, right? Was, yeah, but he was, he was a part of the problem. He was, he but, was but, but, Turner, but Turner and, but the and core group, Castellanos. Yeah, the core group yeah. guys. It's yeah. more yeah. of that. I mean, Mr. O for 24, Castellanos, I mean, that was awful. <laughs> And then the other thing is, I I think Howie will fix it. I have some I have faith in Howie. <laughs> you and I, t- and Howie, we, we trust. Yeah, we agree on that one. Dolores, good phone call. Dolores, good call. She came with some takes there. Johan Rojas yeah. takes, and I mean, she's put the blame where it needs to be. This won't be long now, man. We got our itinerary. I'm so excited. I know we we did we received our Clearwater trip itinerary this morning. Kyle's coming with us this time. I'm going to be there, so no bad vibes, no uh, no season-ending injuries starting in training Hold on. camp. Are you blaming us for what happened? Of course. Wow. That 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 hurt a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> truth some, hurts sometimes, someone man. Someone <laughs> did tell me that day that I jinxed it because I believe the show that day was this was the most talented Phillies team in history, and by the end of the show, they had lost one of the players. I vaguely remember something <laughs> yeah. like that My being fault. said. Yeah, I mean, look, this is what we do. We pick the World Series opponents before we even beat the Diamondbacks. You know. I mean, that was a good discussion. Astros or Rangers? It's not my fault they didn't win. I mean, we like ruined the season. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll take. The we went over for twenty four. In the, in I'll the take the blame here. Let's grab uh, one more, and then we'll get to a midweek take here. Ed in Roxburgh, what's up, Ed? Hey, my bad for the last one. Oh, all good. Ed. What are you thinking? Uh, well, so Howie, I mean, I don't. Uh, I think Howie's good, but you know, Seth Joyner when he was on, I first said, "Hey, like I, I'm not against Howie," and then when Seth was on. And here in his take, I was like, oh, you know, he's right. I think we do need to invest in this defense. I think we paid Jalen a lot of money, which I love, but I think it was at the expense of our defense. Um, And I think that was the biggest issue with Howie. Yeah, and it was at the expense of the defense. They they put all the money and a lot of draft picks at. I mean, this year they kind of evened it out with Carter and Smith in the first round. But before this year, they had been putting money in offense and picks in offense for years. It it, it caught up to them. I mean – they didn't have enough good defensive players. Uh, my, my take on Sirianni is, I think if you're wanting, and if you're really seriously looking at firing Sirianni, I think that lacks a lot of wisdom, and I think it's a panic button. Um, I think Steichen was here for the entirety of his coaching career, right? And obviously in 21, they weren't the best, made some changes at the end of the season, got to the playoffs, and then obviously last year was great, right? So... I think, to me, I put a lot of pressure here on Brian Johnson and the offense because the defense being as good – or, sorry, the defense being as bad as it was, I think gets made off if we're putting points on the board. But I just – I don't know what happened with that offense. I don't necessarily blame Nick for it, even though he's over top of everything, but I do blame a lot – I put a lot of it on Brian because there's been – we weren't going to make it back to the Super Bowl this year anyway. Like, nobody's made it besides the Bills of the 90s. 
I don't know why there's all this pressure. Did we not look good in the end of the season? Absolutely not. But that's why I think I, I mostly put it on Brian Johnson. Yeah, it's interesting the it. way you frame that. Like, I think if we had said in August, and Ed, we appreciate it. If, if I said to you guys in August, they're going to go 11-6 and six and lose in the first round of the playoffs. Disappointed, but not shocked, right? That's what happens to Super Bowl losers. They take a step back. Mm-hmm. It's the way it happened, though. That's why everyone's angry. Yeah, because it just fell apart. Yeah, they were 10-1. and one. I mean, we were riding high, and then all of a sudden, we just went through that tough gauntlet, gauntlet of a stretch. Well, even, it just fell apart. Well, then they went through the tough call, and then they lost the Giants, and they lost the Cardinals. I mean, that wasn't the tough call. That was supposed to be the easy part of it, and it didn't work out. All right, let's get to a midweek, mid-show, non-sports take here. All right, Hugh, I got I to gotta take on something I've been thinking about for a while. What you got? I think there should be a rule that businesses can only email you a certain amount of times per week. I, I can't tell how much time I spend just clearing out dumb emails from everyone that has my email address, every company. And then if someone asks me, like, oh, you remember I emailed you that? And I have to go, like, search through it because I have 50 emails. There's got to be some sort of limit on how often they could Not give you an offer that. or an email blast with something. I, I, is I it once a that. week? Is it once a day? I don't know what the rule is, but we got to have something. I don't know. I, I, I feel you on that because I hate cleaning out my email. And I've had the same email address for, like, forever. So I, I definitely know what you're saying because it's, it's, it's a hassle, man. I probably have – at one point I had, like I, – I know it, especially in my work email – I probably got over 50,000 emails. Oh, my goodness. So I am – I'm the opposite. Like I am – I have to keep it manageable. So I will spend time getting it down to, like, I don't know, 40 emails. I probably shouldn't say this on there. But what do you got? I ain't been on my email in so long. I forgot my password. <laughs> No. If you're emailing Hugh and he's not responding, <laughs> there's a reason. I mean, I know, like, nobody, like, nobody really email. Like, there are certain emails, like, you know, we got HR stuff that we have to do. Like, I, like and they'll tell me, yeah. hey, you need to go on the, go on the email to get this, this done. But I ain't been on there so long, man. I'm going to probably have to reset my password or something. So, I don't so this doesn't bother password. you as much as me because you're not even looking. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm checking every couple hours no, and I'm man, overwhelmed. Joe, how many times people ask me to do stuff? And I add my the first thing out of my mouth is do I have to put clothes on? <laughs> like do I have to get dressed? Do I have to do I have to act like a grown-up? Because if it requires me right now, I'm at the point now because the season's over. And if you haven't if you haven't noticed, Joe, I haven't shaved in a while. My beard looks, looks My favorite crappy. part of this is as if you're still playing. The season's over. You didn't play it down. No, I didn't play one down. <laughs> my hair I got my ball spot starting to peek out from all of this hair that I got growing. I could care less about what I look like. So if anybody wants me to do anything that requires me to look like presentable, then I'm probably out on that. So if that means for me to check my email that, you know, and stuff like that, grown up stuff, I'm not doing that either. So, you know, I'm just saying y'all knew who y'all got when y'all got me from Atlanta. So I'm just being true to me. I'm not shaving. I don't want to do nothing that requires for me to be doing grown up stuff. Not right now. The season's over. I'm on vacation. Like I played 16, 17 I know. That's the way you're at. My, my favorite part of this is, is I found out today that email is grown-up stuff. According to you. It is grown-up stuff. Emails? Because you got to do – you like most of the time you do grown-up – like when you get emails from the job, it's probably something grown-up. I'm just saying. Hey, could you respond to this? Or, or somebody might say, hey, could you, could you come on and do an interview? An interview for what? Interview every day when I talk to Joe, I'm doing interview. What I you talking about? just need a a limit here. Well, I don't know if it's once a day or once a week, but enough of the emails. But do you are you aware of like the there's a 
pretty small button. Usually at the very bottom unsubscribe. of these emails. Yeah, unsubscribe, dude. Just unsubscribe. But but some of these companies, I I do appreciate. Like I'll, I'll buy something mm. off them. They'll, they'll give me ten percent off. Like I want the emails. Nah, I just don't want Amazon, that many. I don't mind Amazon but, stuff because it's all requests. Here's what you do: you block their email address until you feel like you know, like. Maybe you need it. It's like streaming services. You unsubscribe from the streaming service until you until like there's a Peacock? show on there that you want and I, need to watch. I, I am knee deep in trying to delete. We, we done with Peacock, right? We done with Peacock. Oh, I, like, I, I I took that off as soon as the game ended. Okay, I unsubscribed. We done with Peacock. Out. I'm telling. Okay. I've unsubscribed from like almost everything. So like I don't even like I don't get bothered anymore. Yeah, you're, you're living in the dark. I'm good. Yeah, I, I do. All right, two one five explains five, a lot. Two. Doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Ninety four, ninety four. We'll come back. Your phone calls. Hit as many phone calls as we can. What do you want to answer today? We'll dive into that. Howie, have you started to lose some faith here? Waver in your confidence. Plus, the Baseball Hall of Fame results yesterday. Chase and Jimmy didn't get in, but does voting indicate they may have a shot down the line? We'll hit that. Your phone calls. Midday Show. Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.